welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast, sponsored by Motivate Training and Management. This is the podcast where we talk to drivers and industry experts to help you maximize your performances on and off the track. Let's get started with today's show. Hello crew and welcome to another exciting episode of the Motorsport Coaching Podcast where passion meets the track and stories inspire our drive. I'm your host Belinda and today we have a very special guest on our show, someone I've had the pleasure to call a friend since our paths crossed during a course in Brisbane many, many years ago. It's none other than Robert Kilsby, the team principal for a not-for-profit car racing team under the exceptional banner of the Special Air Services Association Queensland flag. Robert has an inspiring story of transition from a commendable military career within the Special Air Service to the adrenaline-filled world of motorsports where he's found a new way to serve, this time helping fellow veterans to reintegrate and find their place through the roar of entrance and the thrill of racing. Despite the challenges, his story is one of perseverance, a testament to his belief in stickability and the power of following one's passion. As Robert plans to pass the torch in the coming years, he joins us to talk about the impact of the Veterans in Motorsports program, the quest for sponsorship and the available lessons learned from coaching to victory in the most unlikely scenarios. His military position pairs with a heart for coaching, whether on the basketball court or in the tarmac rallies. Stay tuned as we dive into a conversation about determination, the importance of giving back, and the intricate dance of sponsors' relations in the business of motorsports. Remember, you can follow the team's journey on their social media platforms and find Rob's contact details in our show notes should you want to get involved. It's an episode full of insights you won't want to miss. Let's get started with today's show. Well, hello, Robert, and welcome to the Motorsport Coaching Podcast. Hi there. Very excited to have you on. It's been a long time coming um, because your story is a little bit different. Um, I've just gone through your fantastic bio. Um, so let's get started with today's show. I'd love to know, can you share a pivotal moment or experience from your childhood that it's still in you, that ethos of do your best today and enhance that tomorrow? What's the mantra mean to you? Yeah, well, this is um, this is something uh, that really formed from early childhood, really, with uh, with my parents. Um, you know, as we're growing up, three younger brothers and older sister, for me, I had the great fortune of really having marvellous parents who gave us a lot of love and independence at the same time, which is interesting, right? Uh, nothing came on a plate and everything was earned, you know, work well here, get that, do a share of the house chores, win that, you know. Um, you so there was no... Things, Robert. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laughing going, yes, well, that's how it should be, but yes. That's the way, that's the way, yeah. Um, it doesn't happen all the time, obviously, in all families, but uh, certainly it did in ours. And, and um, so there was no pivotal or main eureka moment that, that got us onto this sort of uh, do your best today stuff. Uh, but lots of them in a way that showed the more we put in, the more we could achieve. Um, that said, there was uh, no pressure or punishment for lack of result. You know, we were loved and our mum and dad provided active leadership and sort of led by example, which was important, I think. Uh, we we're always encouraged to get in, have a crack, if not succeeding at first, try again and again. And yeah. I think encouraged, you know, to to join that journey uh, with all the experiences as well. Um, often my dad would say, what have you learned today? Yes. Uh, so with my competitive spirit at, at an early age, you know, I came to know and depend on on the saying, which I learned, you know, many years later, but this is what guided me, is that every day is a school day, which mm-hmm. I like. 
It's one of my favorite yeah, I songs. I do like that. Uh, all of which added up to that wonderful guide, you know, do your best today and enhance it tomorrow. I like um, it. So there's a lesson here for you know, young parents, I reckon, as well as teenagers and young adults in life. Always strive to be and do the best you can. And the evidence is it certainly pays off with great achievements. Fantastic. I love yeah. it, Rob. Thanks, you for like, we've, we've opened up with the wrap-up today, so that's good. <laughs> normally, normally you end up on the show with some words of advice or wisdom, but we're now starting with it, so I love it. Now, uh, Rob, you did um, serve some time in the Australian Army and service um, in the Special Forces. So how has that um, helped shape your approach to challenges and achievements, both in military and, and in life external? Yeah, well, it's a, it's it's an interesting and probably an obvious question in a sense. Uh, a lot of people would assume that that's where it came from in a sense, but you might say that my approach was already shaped by my upbringing in a country town and outdoor environments, you know, outstanding team activities like, you know, um, Cubs and Boy Scouts uh, and sporting teams of AFL and cricket and basketball, you know, and school swimming and athletic competitions and all that, all the such like, you know. That's, I grew up in the country, which is a, is a fantastic thing, as you know, you know, coming from where you are. Um, and I was interested in history and the, and the championship ethos from an early age too. Mm -hmm. So in a way, I was almost groomed to be a field soldier. <laughs> you know? oh, uh, I was in the habit of setting goals through those early years. And in my fifth year in high school, I actually joined the Army Reserve in uh, Adelaide. And so I was an infantryman in the mortar section of a historic battalion, actually a Gallipoli battalion in Adelaide, uh, while still going to school. So other guys were out there playing playing whatever they played, and I was humping 3.5-inch mortars around the place in the exercise oh. as a young kid. Um, you know, I, I knew from my observation and studies, you know, that the Vietnam War was uh, looked like it was drawing to a close, you know, for Australians, and I, so I decided to join the regular army to at least have a chance to get there before it finished, <laughs> you know, <laughs> this boy stuff, right? Um, so the army became a pathway for me to confirm and uh, that approach or shape that I already had from my child and teen years. Mm -hmm. uh, it became a pathway that enabled me to operate uh, in the best way. My parents, uh, you know, who were divorced at that time, um, both wished me well and uh, and encouraged me as always, you know, if you're going to do it, then do your best at it. So while in re in the reserve there, I found out about the uh, an outfit called the Special Air Service Regiment, mm -hmm. uh, and that it was the hardest, and therefore, in my mind, the best to try and get into. <laughs> you're not competitive, <laughs> are you? Are you, Robert? <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, decided in line with my philosophy and chosen pathway that that was where I needed to be and to aim at. Yeah. Uh, so the result was that I joined the army actually straight from school when I was 17 and a half. Uh, was taken in early for selection into the regiment for whatever reason and was fully badged operator there by 18 and a half just a year later. Um, and I was the youngest badged soldier in the regiment and was the youngest soldier actually as a patrol scout in my squadron in Vietnam War Service uh, at 19 and one month. So I was out there ducking and weaving up in the jungle there by then and uh you know i was i was highly trained by that time um you know so as to your question belinda my my military service which was over 21 years mostly in special operations actually confirmed and developed my approach 
mm-hmm. to an increasingly higher level as I've gone through my life. So it was a, it's a real fantastic springboard for me, you know, for later in my life. Uh, so you could do a lot worse than than try, tread the tread the path that I tread. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's really about the pursuit of excellence for me, and 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 certainly that's what the SAS is all about—the pursuit of excellence. You know, I reckon one of the things that I like about what you do, you know, at Motivate Training, is to work well with younger clients, uh, and also their parents in many cases, obviously. You know, yeah. um, to encourage them to start early. You know, it's hard to be focused um, enough for the path when you're young, uh, but it is the championship way if you're fortunate enough to see it. Um, note, note that a very significant portion of world champions, as you will know, uh, in many sports started their process as children with the help of family and friends. You know, the people like, um, you know, uh, the guys in, in the Formula One, for example, the champions of the world, all of them started, you know, karting and, all this, you know, from an early age, being helped by people around them, in particular their parents, obviously, get started. I'm not saying it's the start for everyone in Formula One, but it wasn't. <laughs> but it, it seems to be that an early start, you, you know, to, to be a champion at the top, you, you've got to learn a lot of stuff and stick at it for a long time. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a shame. Well, I shouldn't say it's a shame, but I don't think they um, – like teach the kids around about army or um, anything like that now in schools. Not that I like my kids are quite younger. Do you know if yeah. they do now? I, mean, I know obviously it's like very very different back in, yeah. in one from now to them. But yeah, I don't think they really talk about it. No, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a worry in a sense, uh, you know. But I think uh, people still. A lot of the, you know, see old things. It's been going on for thousands of years. The older people say the young people are not like they used to make them, and you know they'll be no good now. But they generally always step up to the mark if need be. And so you know, I'm strategically confident, so to speak. You know that they'll they'll work out all right. But um, you know, times times uh, change here and there. But but by and large, you know, to me, um, I mean, not everyone's suited for a military career, right? Uh, no. Not everyone's there. Um, but I would say that um, the military is interesting because it gives you benchmarks, it gives you accountability, it gives you this ethos of not quitting. Yeah. Uh, and you see that in young people today. Unfortunately, a lot of people, they find, that, oh, well, this is a bit tough. I think I'll move on to another another thing now, you know. And, that, yeah. and, and uh, in fact, I, I was reading the other day and, and a good word came out of that where a guy who was, you know, obviously... Um, uh, and I, you know, back in history, uh, World War Two, sort of, you know, middle of the last century. <laughs> it sounds sounds ancient, doesn't it? Uh, yeah. And he was he was calling it stickability. You know, there was a lot of stickability then, and I think that's a good word. Yeah, so, I like it too. You know, and I think if we can if we can get this across to our our young competitors these days, you know, stickability. Not everything's going to work out all the time, and. Yeah. Uh, You've got to, you know, keep on looking at your goals and 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 going towards them, win or lose along the way. You know, so stickability is a great word, isn't it? Yes, I like it. I like it a lot. Now, Robert, after your fantastic career in the um, forces, what made you, or how did you get started in motorsport? <laughs> yeah, well, um, this is a sort of a bit of a long story, and um, you know, some people say, oh, well, you know, you. 
you transition, you know, out of crisis emergency management to motorsport and all this sort of thing. But not really. I didn't really, uh, in sort of sense, that was sort of irrelevant, but it was an earlier story in a sense. So it's a bit of a long story, this, but I'll try and fit it all in. You know, I was definitely a late starter to, to uh, motorsport, to competitive motorsport. Uh, and it was about, it came about by chance, really, after a longish and probably sometimes torturous road. Yep. <laughs> you know, uh, I'd finished with the Army after a fulfilling career, you know, 21 years plus, um, and immediately got stuck in the business, mainly in sales and marketing, which actually was a good thing in a sense for yes. later. Um, and uh, then, I, you know, I doubled up into crisis and emergency consultancy with a close former military mate, you know, around the world. I found that this working frenetically, uh, although challenging, seemed to lack meaning, you know, and I found myself uh, gradually unravelling, in a sense, the suffering signs and symptoms of what nearly 11 years later in 2014 would be diagnosed as PTSD, um, largely emanating, you know, from my super busy busy and challenging military career and, and the experiences I've had, you know, and through there, and including active service. Um my extremely hardy, if I can call them that, coping mechanisms generally worked very well up to that point, but I felt mentally that I was sort of going out the back door, you know, sort of a downward spiral, you know. Um, and a lot of people suffer from this, uh, and it's a, a fairly normal, well, it's normal, but it's a, a very arduous uh, experience. Um, so at that time, I found an old Alfa Romeo in, a, in an advert uh, which was the same colour and model as my very first uh, Alfa Romeo that I had in, back in 1978, 79, and it was an Alfa Romeo Alfetta GTV 2-litre coupe, which is a, it was an ivory colour and it was a lovely car. And my interest was sparked to do something with that, maybe restore it, you know, give me something to do as I went out the back door. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you've got to do something. Um and um, so driven by uh, my normal do-it-properly sort of ethos, I went to the Alpha Owners Club up in mm -hmm. Brisbane there to get some advice and tips, you know, on restoration and, and how to do it properly. And what I found there was a good number of the members were uh, of all sorts of ages, actually, racing around, racing their Alphas around various tracks and having a great time doing it. And, and the old competitive candle sparked up in me and, and started to flicker again. And I thought, oh, you know, this is interesting. And my do your best philosophy took took me <laughs> over. And I, <laughs> and I naturally asked myself, well, what's the hardest thing I can do as an amateur competitor without much money for damage repair? You know? <laughs> so the answer came back, well, probably road racing, i.e. tarmac rally, with yeah. some track work or racing, you know, for testing at least, you know. Um, and then the next logical question came up: What's the hardest event within those parameters? You know, this is this is my army sort of background. So, well, what's the hardest thing I can do here? And setting goals. And uh, the answer came back: Target Tasmania. So, starting from two thousand three, uh, you know, I completed fifteen majors in the national level of Tarmac Rally Series in uh, in the next fifteen years. Uh, including six Target Tasmanias, which are, you know, big, major and expensive event, right mm -hmm. through to the Adelaide Rally of 2018. Uh, you know, in 2013, I was actually sixth in the Australian Target Championship as a very non-wealthy privateer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, you know, so 
and and after 2018, I haven't been able to do much in in a sense. Um, you know, I've uh, I got involved uh, trying to put the team together with with, a, with some other groups. It didn't work out. I I uh, uh, actually I paddled a sea kayak 2,450 kilometres down the Murray River uh, and got got back in time to be diagnosed at that time with stage four cancer, lymph, uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. And uh, so I spent all of all of uh, I thought it was hard, but I didn't know it was that hard. But uh, I, I spent all of 2022, you know, being diagnosed and treated and, and, and recovering from treatment from that. Um, so it was a bit of a speed bump, you, you could say, in the life of. Um, so, so um, but the, the overall thing about the, the story, you know, getting into motorsport, I found that competitive motorsport in particular, Tarmac Rally, though, saved me, you know, and it had yeah. been saving me. Uh, and that's what I took into the future uh, for it. And in fact, while I was on that kayak trip, I I reinvented myself a little bit more and tried to set it, set the team up uh, properly. So uh, yeah, so that's uh, I guess a long answer to a short question there. No, I love it. I keep forgetting that I'm the interview and I'm supposed to be asking questions. I'm just like sitting here listening to your story. So <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you. Um, so yeah, you mentioned your tarmac racing and how that. Uh, so your rally um, racing as well that has really helped um, with your PTSD. Um, and you spoke about how you did some sales and marketing, and that you have been trying to put a team together. And we've yeah. been working together around a sponsorship. So how has your experience in motorsports influenced your understanding of sponsorship and the business side of the sport? Yeah, well, I just uh, I'll just take it back. You you're going to ask me a question which I thought was interesting. Um, you mentioned that you'd like to mention that about my um, my basketball coaching career, ah, yes. mm-hmm. which I, which I think fits into our overall story here. So so um, I'll Please just I'll just, <laughs> just sideline on that one real quick. Um, so in 1994, you know, my daughter Brittany and some of her friends were in the Mount Tambourine Under 12 basketball team. You know, they were one of eight teams in the Gold Coast district. And had been spectacularly unsuccessful. Mm-hmm. Um, it came to my attention late in that season that they had not won one game in the whole season, and they were nearing the end of that season. Um, their individual skills um, uh, was, on the average, really low. They had no reserves. They didn't have any, or didn't have a coach or any coach, any <laughs> coaching, and they did not have any training as part of that thing, right? So they were, they, were, they were born for failure, so to speak, you know. Two or three basketball mums, you know, took them down to the Carrara Stadium on a rotation basis, doing the right thing with oranges and drinks and and uh, encouragement where they could. The result, well, the girls were sort of happy to have a run around, um, but, but without any victory, they could only look at all the other flash teams, you know, riding over the top of them every week. Um, uh, I didn't. Now you know I was I was I'm averse to that idea <laughs> <laughs> for my daughter at least, and um, I thought, well, all right. So I offered um, offered the, to the parents to um, take up uh, you know coach the girls to some modicum of uh, of activity. Um, so you played basketball before yourself, Robert? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd, I'd actually um, I'd actually played for army, you know, and I'd played oh, ten years and so. On. And I played for Army, and I figured I knew enough to get started in the next season close by. Um, 
you know, so in 1995, the next year, the same girls, same small group of girls, we only had seven or eight girls from our small village to participate, not a whole suburb that these other teams get the people from, um, you know, started rock bottom in the under-13 uh, Gold Coast series. Right? They started there and... By the by, the end of the season though, they were they were champions. Oh, so fantastic. they went from rock bottom to champions in that one year, and it's a great credit to them for that. Um, much of their absolute joy and the absolute chagrin of them, their more accomplished uh, adversary teams or competitive teams against them, they they couldn't work it out actually. Mm-hmm. Um, so how so? Well, the five uh, applicable benchmarks uh, for my coaching program that year, and the, the reason why I include this. This um, this answer here is because of um, to me it's the same as 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 motors in motorsport. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh, so I I my benchmarks were for these five things: simplification, yeah, fitness, training, determination, and focus. So simplification, fitness, training, determination, and focus. I figured the girls would take too long to learn the dribbling and movement skills that their more accomplished competitors really were good at. So I simplified their game to a very strict pass and shoot game. So I said they weren't allowed to do anything, just all they had to do was pass and shoot, mm-hmm. uh, more like a netball style, right? Because uh, all the other teams were very flashy, you know, individual skills, and they'd been playing for a long time and, and so on. Um, so they practiced these skills over and over and over again till it became like muscle memory. Uh, I drove them crazy with it. Uh, I instituted training one afternoon after school per week and, you know, concentrated on fitness sprinting and whole team passing coordination and shooting. As well as that, I drilled them in, you know, not letting go of the ball. This was quite funny, actually, to opposition hands, and I call it ball wrestling. So I get them together and they try and rip the ball off each other, you know, in training yeah. all the time. You know? So that was a really good thing. Because when I first saw them, the, the other teams were just taking the ball off them, you know, out of their hands. And the girls are just nice and, oh, okay, you know, they've got the ball now. <laughs> but after we started training, they didn't – no one took the ball off them. Um, by match three, you know, they'd won their first – you should have seen their faces, right, when they won. Uh, they started to win more and more consistently. Uh, they started to love being able to win. Their confidence as people grew. They won the grand final match over a very flash team with just by a few points over a team that had many more, you know, individual skilled players. They were delirious, right? It was, a, it was an incredible uh, grand final. The following year, I coached them again, actually, the same girls, and they came runners-up in the grand final that year. The other teams were starting to catch up to them. <laughs> and they were very, very happy with their achievements, obviously, you know. So, but incidentally, that, that year, 1996, I also simultaneously coached the new tambourine, Mount Tambourine under-14 boys team to a first championship. Oh, very good. So so the reason I, I sort of thought that might be a good one for you and your and your clients, you know, many of whom are young guys and, and so on, um, is that um, those things, you know, those benchmarks uh, are, are pretty important, I think. You know, simplification, you know, try and distill what the, the keys are to your game, you know. Yeah, um, and and concentrate on the on the those key key things. Don't don't just spread it out. So you're a jack of all trades, but master of none. That doesn't work yeah. when you want to win things. Um, fitness, training, determination, and of course focus. Yeah. So and and the and and going back to the question you asked me before, what what was the what was the next question you you wanted to ask me? 
the spout yeah. sponsorship. But I guess like going back to what you're saying about those five pillars there, it's yeah. that like exactly what you're saying, that it is um, relevant to motorsports as well. Yeah, and I think, yeah. That, yeah, most definitely. So thanks for, again, bringing some wisdom to us. Um, but it is, it's around about having that whole package and not just being a fast driver um, with fast results or with great results. It is around about, you know, being able to still perform um, on and off the track, um, being able to consistently train and training not only physically, obviously on the yeah. track, but also mentally as well. Um yeah, the mental side is so important, as you know, and you often mention this, you know, that I, I really I really love your training ethos there, you know, in terms of your points you bring out to your guys. And um, I'm sure that everyone who follows you will uh, will know it's the right path, you know, because uh, they'll see results. Um, the um, I, I know another question, uh, before I get to the sponsorship one, I, I know another question you asked me before, just when we are talking, was um, you know what what uh, drew me to motorsport, you know particularly the track and rally driving, etc., and some of the memorable moments. Well, as mentioned above, the, you know I, I I was a latecomer to the competitive motorsport. Um, I'd driven many fast cars through the woods in my time, <laughs> maybe illegally or not illegally, um, but um, <laughs> ready for really, Robert? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but I enjoyed the, you know, the technical and emotional challenge of it. But I was always super busy, not only with my careers, but also, you know, raising a family and so on through that time. So my very first, though, for, and, and last for a long time, competitive sport on wheels um, was when Dad entered me into the wakery. I just get rid of that phone. I should have switched it off. Never mind. It's okay. The shoe, I, I like to prove I'm human now and then and leave my phone on. <laughs> um, so, um, you know, um, was when Dad entered me into the Wakery Billy Cart downhill race. Wow. Uh, mm. Going way back. You know, Dad made a rudimentary but but strong and light functional rope steered Billy Cart for me. Mm. Uh, I think we had wheels, little wheels off a pram or something, you know, uh, in that. And... Uh, we trained on the country roads uh, outside of Wakery in the in a sort of um, uh, upper river in uh, upper river in uh, South Australia there, um, and uh, Dad used to follow me along down the main highway in his family car with his athlete ahead sign on the boot, and um, and me with my one of Mum's plastic bowls strung on my head as a helmet, you know, I remember. Um, <laughs> And uh, I entered alongside these other very flash machines, very fast, streamlined, most of them with older drivers too, in the open junior class, I remember. The track was a winding, relatively you know, steep downhill to um, maybe a, a bit over a kilometre in length, about a kilometre and a half in length, I suppose, yeah. on the main town centre to the banks of the Murray River. And it was all, you know, like a inertial, you know, like a gravity feed <laughs> race, you know. Um, at the starter's gun, we took off, and very quickly the rocket ships mostly crashed on the curbs and the corners, it seemed, you know, with me and my very slow start but building quick momentum. My cornering training paying off in a dogged determination. <laughs> I was somehow sailed across the finish line in first place in the Wakery, Wakery Billy Cart race. Uh, I was eight years old at that point. Oh, <laughs> that's how you got the love. <laughs> <laughs> so, it becomes addictive, doesn't it? <laughs> so, um, 
so you know I, I didn't go karting but i went in the billy cart downhill so but that was enough uh, that was good it was That's a, enough a, a, yeah everything everything i can't describe as a, a explain as a in physics or scientifically i call it a miracle so that might have been one of them beautiful uh, yeah but uh, you know it comes into training and trying to focus on you know that that's why i think it's worth a mention you know it's interesting so it's part of the story in a sense uh, in terms of what dad set up for me and things like that you know i do too and again like this is part of your story this is like your how and your why and that's why you're here telling yeah us i guess so it. yeah yeah, it all adds up, doesn't it, you know? That's right. And one of the other wonderful things that you've done is set up um, veterans sorry, in motorsports program. How does it continue to recover, um, to help with the recovery process for veterans? I found a <laughs> Someone's after you. <laughs> yeah, no, you just had a loss in the family, so people are ringing oh, me. Sorry. Um, so, um, yeah, so, um, sorry, so what was that question again? Sorry, <laughs> Uh, so you set up that fantastic program called Veterans in Motorsports. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so tell us, like, how does that help veterans and what's the program all about? And then yeah, we'll go back okay. to the sponsorship. And then we'll go back to the sponsorship. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, um, uh, you know, in, in 2006, in the Target Tasmania of that year, I met a fellow ex-serviceman, you know, from the 2 Commando Regiment. Uh, he was actually being wounded in uh, Afghanistan, this guy, and, you know, been knocked around by explosions and things. But he was competing really well in his Datsun, Datsun 260Z, which was a great car for this sort of stuff, and was and uh, was supporting and was supported by the sponsors of Legacy Australia, you know, who look after the, the children and, and, and widows of, of uh, veterans who pass, you know. Um, for those, uh, from those talks with him, I formed the idea that this would be a really good thing to uh, do for recovering veterans, you know, because it saved me in 2003, you know, some years before. Yeah. And within a year, I'd, I'd launched a mountain road racing uh, team and the long development and trial and error process of setting up a suitable, sustainable program began from that time. You know, so mm -hmm. it's, it take, it's taken me a long time to do. Um, it's interesting, you know, you know Porsche, uh, I... I say this, and I'm not comparing myself to the Porsche Motor Company, but Porsche Motor Company tried for 17 years to win Le Mans, and and they didn't win it for 17 years, and finally they won it. And after that, they became more or less the world's top sports car mark, you know. So I guess that's for for all for all our listeners, um, you know, you can't give up too early, right? Yeah. Um, so so. Um, uh, you know, our, so the, 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 our target demographic, you know, for our program, which is called Veterans Into Motorsport mm -hmm. program, um, uh, are younger veterans from all the three services, uh, men and women, uh, abled and disabled, who have some self-motivation to uh, recover from their physical and psychological injuries they've suffered, you know, during their service to Australia. Um so I've been on both sides of the fence. So I, I understand these things, and you know, it's it's a it's a bit of a, a bit of a no-brainer in a sense. Um, uh, getting involved in the tarmac rally events at the national level as crew. So we, you know, we get people to be navigators, um, uh, crew chiefs, uh, service crew guys, uh, and so on, and they come along to these national level events. You know, which is actually run, in our case, by the um, these days by the AASA. Uh, people right? 
who, who run a terrific, uh, terrific uh, system, you know, for legislating with um, and and regulating rallies. Uh, and and this reintroduces these guys, uh, as we call them participants, uh, to a very friendly, uplifting environment, you know, mixing with like-minded people, pursuing excellence in small teams. And that's just like the Army was to them or the Navy or the Air Force was. That's what they remember, you know, from the, uh, you know, the accountable area of that. Um, so it's well documented medically uh, and proven to work beautifully, you know, this this uh, motorsport, you know, for, for this purpose. Um, there's a lot of things written on it, yeah. So that's what we do. And it's, um, we, we, we're, um, we're proceeding um, quite well at this, at this stage, yeah. And have you been fortunate enough to get any grants or support from any governing bodies? Yeah, well, um, that's probably, uh, in our case, not yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've, we've put in for this and that. Uh, and and I've got to say that um, getting, getting support from government or institutions, you know, like public institutions, is probably the, the hardest uh, target market, <laughs> you know. You, it, it, there's there's more mainly because they take a long time there's a lot of red tape everything's done by committees uh, you know it's got to be signed off against this and this and this and that and this and that so it does take a long time it's quite unwieldy and you need a you need a bit of a team to keep on pressing at it um, but we you know we, we never give up so we're going to keep on that journey but um, a lot of other other targets are more viable and you were talking about motorsport sponsorship before and um you know and this is this is a journey in itself which i'm happy to talk about you know tell the story robert <laughs> well you know it's not a, it's a, it hasn't been easy securing sponsorships i've got to say um mm. but you know the, the the way i look at life is a, the championship path is almost the, is always the most difficult path to tread so if you want to be a champion that's the tread that's the path you tread that's the way you go you know, in every way. Um, you know, all the great things in history, in human human history, were, you know, were all actually thought to be impossible before they were attempted. Every one of them. You know, you read in history, every everything. Everyone said, no, that'll never happen. You know, that, that won't happen. You can't do that. You can't do this. You can't do that. And, <laughs> uh, you know, so it's, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? Um, but, of course... That's what history is made of. Um, everything good has to come to the playing field for you to win. Uh, it's never all or nothing, though. You know, it's like, oh, didn't work. Oh, well, that's it. Story over, you know, trip over. Uh, not, not in my world anyway. So much study, patience, perseverance, perseverance and persistence. And so steely focus on your set goals are required year after year after year. That's the, that's the, that's the goal for you. You know, don't think, oh, well, if... I'll, I'll give it a shot, in, and if it's over in one year, you know, oh, well, I'll go and do something else, play marbles or something like that, you know. So in a sense, the way I think the mindset is very important with this. In a yes. sense, every knockback brings you one step closer to your goal. That's the way you should think. Yes. Because if you learn from those knockbacks, you're going to be better and better and better and better. It's sort of a bit like practising on a racetrack. You know, the more you practise, the better you get, the quicker you get more safe you get, the more stable you are, and so on. Um, you know, as long as you don't give up. <laughs> That's right. So, 
the, the team motto, you know, our team motto for mountain road racing is on the back of my race cars and on the back of my tow cars. And it's always too soon to quit. I like that's it. Our team, that's our team motto. It's always too soon to quit. And I put up there. So I look at it every day and, you know, that keeps me, keeps running, you know, for, for young people, this is where their parents and family can help with, you know, encouragement and guidance. Yeah. Um, the you know, because young people by and large are obviously impatient and they want things to happen, you know, yesterday. Yesterday. <laughs> uh, that's right. That's right. And, you know, with your kids, probably the same thing. You know, they say, well, you know, how come are we there yet? Are we there yet? You know, sort of thing. Right. Um, but the last thing, uh, the last thing I would say to you this on, on you, you must be ready to also in, reinvent yourself which is important, you know, you, you need to modify and change your methodology if necessary, you know, to fine-tune it, which is exactly the same as you do when you tune your go-kart or your car or your or your motorbike or, you know, or, you, or your running shoes if you're an athlete, you know. Um, so this will come if you constantly study and learn more, right? Um, the other thing I'd say um, regarding, regarding sponsorship is that um, um, – I think it's um, the thing is that the the, um, the first thing is it's it's a relatively un expensive undertaking to indulge in motorsport. So you know when I looked at it first, funding was a key. Yeah, that brought me naturally to this best practice. If you want to find funds other than your own, you must realise securing sp sponsorship and you know support is is a business. I think that's the the. the and I noticed that you've, you you um, emphasise this a lot over and over again. You know more so as each year goes by. Yes. Uh, with your with your messages to your clients and 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 to to your listeners and and viewers. Uh, so I reckon that's a real good thing that you do um, because it's nothing but a business in a way. So a lot of people that you know where they a lot of people in motorsport are self funded because they find that running the business side of it is 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 beyond them or they don't like it or they 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 don't have the wear of it all or the study to understand that you know um so as i didn't have much money outside of my own family requirements i immediately started to study sponsorship and the business of motorsport you know when i started right back and i've been doing that now for over 22 years i still every day is a school day for me so i'm i'm more than happy to talk to you and learn from people like yourself and, and other people uh, all the time. Um, one thing to stand out about sponsorship is that help comes in three tangible ways, right? Finance, services and products. Now, but all of them boil down to money, right? Service and products are both about money. They're just provided by other people. If they don't provide them, you've got to buy them with money. Yes. So, so they're very, very valuable. In fact, in most of my... All of just about all of my early times, all of my help was in the form of services and products, which I would have had to purchase myself if I didn't have that help from people who understood what I was trying to do and and like the like what I was trying to do. Um, and you've just got to communicate, 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 and follow up and follow up and follow up. And all of us, we don't do that as well as we should, including myself. You know, so that's a real key thing. Uh, but. But service and products are nothing to be sneezed at because you're going to have to buy them. That's right. Uh, you know, <laughs> with money, hard, cold cash, if, you know, if you don't have that being provided. So but I treasure all of those things. I'm very, very grateful. And I, I've learned that 
the sponsorship, really, the bottom line is what can I do for those people supporting me? What can I do for that sponsor? How can I help them with their business? How can I help them get more people to buy their gadgets or whatever they're selling? You know? Yeah. Uh, how can I uh, help their staff? You know, uh, can I can I come and talk to their staff about this and that? You know, yeah. uh, so so it's sort of like um, uh, I'm their sponsor for service and products in a sense. You know, for, for those sort of things. Uh, how can I help them? Um, you know, a lot of people think, oh, I'll put the logo on the car, mate, uh, give me some money and I'll be out of here, you know. That'd be good. Thanks very much. See you later. But that doesn't cut it. You know, most people in business, they need some sort of return on, on investment. Uh, and that's – that's. so the boss might be saying, this is a great idea, and the, and the accountant's in the back room with the abacus, you know, with the calculator going, yes, but boss, what's in it for us? That's right. <laughs> and, and they're often the ones that decide – whether they're going to output anything for you. So the business is the business is the business. And and, um, and I think young people, obviously, um, hopefully their parents or their guides or whatever can can uh, be the, the regent, so to speak, with that until, until the juniors can come up and start speaking to the people themselves as well, you know, so on their behalf, you know. So that's what I've, I've learned over many years, and I've luckily I learned it early. Uh, <laughs> been, been quite quite fruitful for me, really. Now, Robert, you talked about obviously um, what the Veterans in Motorsport program is, but what are some of the benefits? And like, <clears throat> yeah, well, pretty much as I was saying before, um, uh, the, the benefits are that they uh, the benefits for, you know, for the people people who are trying to recover from these, um, you know, physical and mental difficulties, um, uh, one of, the, one of the, the things that they do is, is disengage, right, from community. You know, they start, I call it bark, you know, they, they lose their job or, they, you know, they can't fit into their job anymore or they lose their, even lose members of, or their families or something like that. They start, you know, you know doing things like, um, you know, um, Sort of, they're very negative about themselves, uh, so they disengage. They go back into the bunker, basically, and they sort of disappear off the, off the face of the planet in 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 communication ways. Yeah. Um, and you know, and as a result, you know, they 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 don't do things well. From they don't eat well, their nutrition's poor. You know, they they don't look after themselves in that respect. They don't they don't have friends. Uh, in a, you know, they don't communicate right. So what this program does is is allows them to come out uh, in a in a very uplifting, friendly environment of motorsport. You know, especially rally, rallying motorsport, because um, people in rally are very very friendly. As you you'll find that they they all help each other, and they you know yeah. it's very lots of camaraderie and and so on, and they're all pursuing excellence. And so this is a great environment. For these guys, uh, these men and women, to to be able to get into, it's also exhilarating. You know, motorsports good fun, and, and you know, people. We're a car country, you know, so so it's a very natural thing in a sense in Australia, and places like Australia and America, you know, where they drive a lot of vehicles around. Uh, you know, that's a good thing. So, um, the uh, so I, the probably the the best word that I like to use is the word engage. 
So it helps them engage back into the community. Mm-hmm. And by doing that, you know, they they say, oh, okay, so life's not over then. Okay. Oh, there's an interesting thing. So this is what happened to me in a sense, you know. Um, and so I know it works. Uh, and um, it's not for everybody, but most people will, will – will, they really love it when they get involved, you know. And that brings them out of their downward, downward spiral. It stops them and then – then they get an upward spiral, which is great, you know. Yeah. So it's a it's a fabulous thing, really, and it's yeah. well known. It's well known that um, you know, even you know, go motorsport, you know, is well documented overseas in particular, in in the UK and in America, is that uh, motorsport and extreme sports are really really good for these sort of recovery aspects, you know. Yeah. So, so when people look at our program and the concept of operations which i've written out and so on it's a really really good no-brainer in fact you know our, our website is mountainroadracing.au uh so if any any of your viewers would like to look at that and see what we're doing that, that'll give them the full story so mountainroadracing one word dot au i've gone to the dark side of the modern side of dot au not dot com <laughs> AU, right? so it's just uh-huh. dot AU. So, so um, mountainroadracing.au. Um, so that'll tell tell people everything what we're doing and, and talk about what we're doing, and that's in development all the time. Uh, so we're pretty organised. We've got our own uh, psychology, sports performance psychologist on, on team and medical advisory board and, and, and various people in the advisory board, insurance and legals and all sorts of things. So there's a lot to it, as you know, you know from what you've been, uh, you know, coaching your your clients on um and so what the finally after all these years uh we've been able to put together a sustainable program um uh yeah so it's uh, it's a big big thing really and you know to me uh it helps me of course you know doing something meaningful um, yeah, all the time you know um and it's a fantastic program. So congratulations on setting that up. So on a final yeah. question, so looking ahead, what are your aspirations and goals for the mountain road racing and the Veterans yeah. Motorsport Program? Yeah, okay. Uh, well, you know, we've completed our setup year, you know, formally in uh, 2023. Yeah. So, you know, we've we've had our first, uh, you know, our inaugural uh, Tarmac Rally, which is the uh, National um, Australian Tarmac Rally Championship rally down at Lakes Entrance um, in September, which is called the Snorri River Sprint. Um, and uh, and we took a full crew down there. With, so when we go away, we go away with seven people per car and we've got two GTAs like mine, you know. Yep. So I've got another guy, um, uh, Yorick, who's, who's preparing his GTA. So this, this coming, this year where we are now, we'll be going away at least, uh, this is what our plan is at the moment, is to is to go away with two cars, um, with the same same cars. Well, his is silver, mine's red. So, but the same livery, um, and also a, a total of fourteen people will go away in a two car team. It's unprecedented in Australia, actually. Fantastic. Yeah, so we've we've got two. We'll have a two car team. That means yeah. we'll go away with fourteen people on Beautiful. a rally. We're doing four of those rallies. So we helped something in the order of about 48, 48 odd people, uh, veterans this year, you know, with a very substantial experience. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a really big, 
big bang for your buck sort of thing, you know. So, and they don't, there's nothing out of pocket for those participants, you know. Everything's funded and, you know, it's just a, a brilliant thing. So everyone will have their same livery and so on. Um, and uh, so we embark on the first season of our two-season plan, you know. Uh, as the program, you know, it's completely scalable. So the, the more money we get, the, the more vet- veterans we can help. Mm-hmm. The less money we get, the less veterans we can help. So we, we understand it works. Everything works right. We've got all our standing operating procedures squared away. Um, it's really good. Uh, it's just a matter of – so my, my job as team principal, I spend virtually all of my time, apart from getting making sure the car's right to go, my car, uh, the GTA, 147 GTA, um, apart from getting, making sure that's ready to go, most of my time is spent in terms of sponsorship and raising – raising funds, raising the budget so we can do this operation because we are completely not-for-profit. Yeah. Uh, we, we don't employ anybody. Um, we, we, we fly under the flag of the Special Air Service um, Association Queensland uh, flag, which, mm-hmm. that, which is a charity. They run a charity, you know, complete charity. So every dollar we raise and so on, and people can donate on our website directly if they think it's a good idea. They'd like to support the veterans, um, and I'm sure they, there would be some people that love to do that. So they can do they can donate direct, you know, on our website, which would be most grateful for. Um, so I spend all my time just raising the funds to do the operation. We're, none of us are taking color TV sets home or anything like that. So, <laughs> so we're a hundred percent, you know, not for profit, absolutely, yeah. which is important to say, you know. Um, so after a couple of years, after this, after the end of next year, you know, I intend to sort of step back from the team principal role and 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 try and you know, have a succession uh, process there where someone else can take that role up. I'll still uh, I'm rebuilding another classic Alfa Romeo as a a, a, a very exotic um, turbo Delta Group Four replica. So I'll I'll do the occasional rally and things like that. And obviously. You know, be part of the theme, but um, but you know, we'd be looking for a young younger veteran to take over and keep it going as a legacy. You know, so yeah. I think it's that with all of those participants within the program, someone would love to take over this. But like you said, it's long term. Yeah. We've still got you on board for a few more years. Yeah, well, yeah, I'll be I'll be around. You know, so, you know, all things being equal, anyway, we'll see. That's all right. So apart from going to the website, is there anyone else? Anywhere else, sorry, you like people to follow your journey? Um, yeah, so they can follow follow us on, um, you know, uh, I, my, I share everything uh, on um, uh, on Mountain Road Racing and Facebook. Mm-hmm. They go to Mountain Road Racing, our business page on Facebook. There's, uh, we put some, we're starting to do this more and more, you know, putting things on there. Um, uh, we're also on on uh, Instagram, but I'm still trying to develop that at the moment with our uh, uh, social media manager Vicky, um, and uh, and also, but they can also um, uh, follow me on my Robert Kilsby on the Facebook because I I put everything on there as well, you know. Fantastic. So that they're, they're very welcome to have a look at that and um, and and you know friend me up on there and. Uh, and that way they'll they'll be able to see what we do because that's what I do twenty four seven. You know, I'm I'm 
I'm fully retired at not being retired, basically. <laughs> That's right. And, of course, all of those links to contact Robert and Mountain Road Racing. And yeah, yeah. Yeah, my, my number, my number, my telephone number is on the website. Yeah. And they, they're quite welcome to, you know, ring me up and ask me questions if they'd like to. Yeah. Um, and there's certainly, you know, a lot of people uh, of your listeners and viewers uh, and, and even clients, well, they'll, they'll probably know people, you know, from the services who, who you know, might be interested in what we're doing and uh, like to participate in, in their own way or some shape or form. Yes. Um, and we're, we're in the what I call a, the, the self-hire, self-fire business. So they can come in, they can do as much as they want to, they can leave whenever they like. You know, there's no, you know, you know, it's, we're we're uh, we're into volunteers, you know, yes, uh, and and uh, more the merrier, and um, it's just a fabulous thing. People once they get involved with us, they love it. You know, it's really good. It's a wonderful program, and well done again, Robert, in setting it up. I wish you and the team all the very best for not only this year, going forward, and don't be a stranger. Um, love yeah, well, you. well, thanks so much for inviting me uh, on you know, allowing me to have some time here. Um, uh, you know, you and I have known each other for a few years now, you know, and I, ever since we first met, I thought, uh, that's terrific. I really like the path that you were on going to where, where you were trying to get to. And, uh, you, you know, you've, you've really established yourself quite well. And I think it's fantastic to see. Um, and you know, I, I intend to study more with you, you know, I think you're, you're worth every bit. So thanks. Well, for that we, we learn every day we go to school. Um, oh, every day. We actually met at school. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> we, actually met, we actually met in a course uh, yeah, in Brisbane. Yeah, um, yeah that's right. Yeah, I remember. Brand, yeah, with our friends from the Brand Builders. Um, yeah, yeah. That's how I got engaged with Robert and found out about his fantastic. At that stage, it was a plan. Um, yeah. yeah, we've been in communication and working together ever since, which again. Yeah, well, a lot went under the bridge since I first met you, of course, you know. <laughs> been up and down and all over the place and uh but you know I, you with that focus i'm still there and i'm i'm now put something together fi finally after all these years after a lot of trial and tribulation uh and you know i'm happy for that so that's good fantastic well again thank you very much Robert, for sharing your fantastic story um again please race over and check out martinroadracing.au and all of rob's um, details will be in today's show notes Fantastic. Right, thanks Robert, so much, Bye-bye. Well, thanks, everyone, for listening to this week's show. I really hope you enjoyed that one as much as I did. Now, remember, all the show notes with the links and the specials mentioned in today's show are available over at motivatetraining.com.au. If you haven't already, I'd really appreciate if you could head to iTunes or Stitcher, type in Motorsport Coaching, subscribe, and leave us a review. Each week, I'll read them out, and you'll go into monthly draw to win a fantastic prize. If you have any questions or comments, please email us at motivatetraining.com.au or head over to our Facebook page at Motivate to T. Until next time, take care.